Hello, welcome to the first episode of Especially Interesting. Woo! This is an Academy podcast. In fact, it's Academy's first podcast. I'm David Gray Hammond, and I'm here with Tigger Pritchard. Yay! And uh, basically, we're we're, we're going to be doing these podcasts to uh, give autistic people a chance to talk about what they're passionate about. As you may have guessed from the name, we'll be talking about people's special interests. And uh, Tigger and I are going to get it started with this first episode by talking about one of our favourite special interests, Lord of the Rings. Yes! This is, this is going to be lush, this is going to be gorgeous. Um, I've been looking forward to this. It's not often I get a chance to talk Lord of the Rings, because most of my you know, typical family and friends will switch off. But I, I love it, I love it, I love it. Podcast, first one, Academy, fantastic mega brains david in front of me and this is just going to be lush so where do we start oh uh when did you first come across lord of the rings oh uh i mean i first i tried to read it when i was about eight years old um but it was very heavy going and i did get through the book and i but the thing is i haven't actually read it since um i know it's for those who can't see, my jaw just dropped openly. Um, I, I read it and I remember quite a bit of it, um, but I'm still working on reading all the other books because, I mean, I think it's something that a lot of autistic people, especially autistic people with attention differences, can relate to. I struggle to sit down with a book and uh, Tolkien's books are very heavy going, <laughs> very heavy going. If, if put in place, I think I did read lord of the rings um when i was maybe um 9 10 11 or 12 i think i can't remember when a cousin was getting married we went to london we're staying in a strange house i didn't like it my uncle whose son was getting married said to me here read this that'll make you sleep it was lord of the rings i have a memory of reading it in the car going to the wedding so i've stayed awake all night reading it and my dad saying to me, put that book down, because you go to a wedding. I have a memory of trying to sneak it into the church. Well, Lord, leave it in the car. I have a memory of getting away from the service, getting back to the car and trying to read it. Um, and, and I must confess, I regularly reread Lord of the Rings every maybe two or three years and have done ever since, even when the movies were around, because I love it. It's safe, it's comfortable, it smells gorgeous, and I just love it. Yeah, I you see, I I was really impressed with the films because okay, they don't have everything in them, but I think there's Tom Bombadil. No, I was very upset about that. Tom Bombadil should have been in the films. I mean, it would have added like an extra hour and a half onto the film, but it would have been worth it. Um, but yeah, I I I did. I loved the films, and the, the films I do watch very regularly very regularly somebody's just appeared behind you which the audience can't see but they're, they're relevant oh yes so this is my my kitten who's just appeared behind me her <laughs> name is eleanor is in eleanor gamgee yeah. uh sam's sam's daughter samwise gamgee's daughter and uh in the other room is her sister who is called rosie as in rosie gamgee Lush. who was Samwise Gamgee's wife. It's 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 interesting. I can't help but think 
and by the way, you can't see them. Good to put pictures up because they are gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there's a there's a I can't help but feel like there's a generational thing going on here. Like I'm the old person with the older knowledge of Lord of the Rings in terms of of how I first came across it. Yeah. And you, though, delved into the book, it exploded in your consciousness with the films. I'll be honest. Um, and I have read all the others, Silmarillion, Lost Tales, all the rest of it. Yeah, I've done them. Some are easier than others, I must confess. I actually don't read those <laughs> regularly. I just read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit regularly. I must confess, I remember when they said they were going to make the film. Not the first time they've made a film. I don't know if you know the others. Yeah, they made an animated film. Was it in the 70s? Yeah, I used to have that on DVD. Yeah, blimey. Um and the Beatles wanted to make a version as well, but that got scuppered. But I must confess, when they said they were making a movie, I took some friends to see it and I fully expected them to go, this is absolutely boring, blah, 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 blah. And when they left the cinema, they were, they were kids and they were, and that was the, you know, the fellowship. And they went, wow, that was incredible. I went, wow, you know, you've got to be some filmmaker to get that book, to get the essence of what Lord of the Rings is from that first book, to put it onto screen and to make it work in a way that people want to see it that bad. And that, I must confess, I was extremely impressed by, extremely impressed. I always say that as far as the films go, um, the Lord of the Rings films are in a category of their own. So mm. I have my favourite film, which is Cloud Atlas. But, oh, but I then I... As well? Isn't yeah. it, oh, we're going off tangent here. Isn't it gorgeous? <clears throat> the entwined bit and the stories. Oh, God, I love it. Twins with Multiverse 3 and all the rest of it. I'm going to calm down now. You've got me really excited. We'll have to do another episode. Right, we'll have to. Oh, I didn't know that. It's gorgeous. But uh, the Lord of the Rings films, <laughs> I have in a separate category, with, which, which sits separate from my favourite films, because the Lord of the Rings films, I believe, were just done so well that... I don't. I personally, I, I've never found a film that can that can top that trilogy. Um, I don't. I just don't know of anybody. It's it's the fact that, and, and I mean, again, I I read Lord of the I read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and so on. I then listened, which I think I showed you on CD before. There was a Radio Four series, so I first knew the characters' voices from a Radio 4 series that was extremely famous, I've got it on CD, where the actor that plays um, Bilbo in the movies played Frodo in the radio series, which I thought was a, a brilliant kind of twist there. I never thought anybody could put it on screen. And I have to say, I too think those movies, the characters, the actors, the, the you know, yes, the special effects, but there's it's what the actors bring as well, I think. So I know I'm mesmerised by those movies, and the, the, obviously the extended editions. I'm just like, wow, love them, love them, love them. Yeah, it's uh, it's just fantastic. But I suppose we should we should uh, rewind a little bit here, and for for people who who perhaps aren't as familiar with Lord of the Rings as, as we are. What? You mean there are people out there who aren't familiar with Lord of the Rings? You know what? My <laughs> my fiancé had not seen or read the books, not seen the films or read the books until she met me. That silence again? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it was one of the first things I had to do was was I, I got her onto the films. She She's not a big reader, but I, so I showed her I showed her the films. And uh, she really enjoyed them. Um, but so if someone is less familiar with Lord of the Rings, how would you personally describe what they are and why people should watch them? 
there and back again. <laughs> there and back again. The Hobbit's tale. You, you have a talking was a, a linguist in memory serves, yeah? Yeah. Yes, you have a an individual of immense capacity, which pulled from a lot of different sources, yeah. But God, I mean, I, I can only for me it was a it became a place of safety, of refuge, of familiarity, of excitement, of friends for all my years when I first touched it when I think I was like read the book when I was like I don't know 12, 13, 14 I can't remember exactly I think it's maybe 11 or 12 and I, and I think it's 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 a to me it's a journey about friendship and kingship and loyalty against adversity against terrible foes against incredible darkness and it does have you on the edge of your seat i remember finishing that chapter when thou shalt not pass and not been able to go on absolutely devastated i don't want to give any spoilers here that, that somebody yeah. <laughs> that somebody maybe had gone and i was like no way man and and the last bit the um the last bit the appendices they tell you what happens to to Sam when he becomes mayor and when he eventually goes to the havens himself and, and Frodo and everything, all that what happened to everybody, those bits I loved reading. To me, it was a, it was a universe that existed that I became part of, that I could revisit, that became incredibly important to me and smelt just right. You know, I've got to say that. And um, it's just that journey, that journey of friendship, of kinship, of people coming together, um, realising they've got to come together to fight for a common cause to defeat the darkness and that friendship that loyalty is something that i i hope is part of my life i guess that's what it gave me is that that the power of friendship and loyalty yes i'm just pausing quickly for a second um we're gonna have to edit this bit out can you hear the noise the cats are making not at all okay i just had to check that right um this is the end of the bit that needs to be edited out um yeah, I mean, for me, the the story was, it was, it transformed who I grew up to be. Um, you know, witnessing characters like Aragorn, who, yes. he was this incredibly, you know, he, he was a real, you know, he was a real manly man but not in a toxic way. You know, he was very tender and loving and caring. And, you know, I, I remember, especially the scene in the film where, you know, Boromir, we all know, you know, well, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but he's not in great shape. Um, and Aragorn kisses him on the forehead, mm. you know, and... It just, for, for me, it was, I, I looked at Aragorn and I was like, I know the sort of man I want to be when I grow up. That's lush, isn't it? I, I, I can remember first, I remember first reading him in the novels and, you know, how he's presented is, are you a goodie or a baddie? Do you know what I mean? Sitting in the corner. Yes. Club, you know, uh, and he has it, and, and then all of a sudden the hobbits, you know, you know, and Frodo's going, you know why I'm here. And he's like, what are you? Who are you? you know, and, and how that transpires and so on. And then the loyalty that he gave, but also that he, I'm not saying commanded, but he he was given back, was something that grows through the story. 
the book, the radio play, the, the film that grows. His compassion is incredible. Um, but you see, I've, I've begun to very much link almost, you know how you do that, you, you find it hard to separate the actor from the, 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 the part they play. Yeah. One of the things I love is, is the respect. He did almost, he did as many stunts as he could. He didn't believe in stunt doubles to make it look authentic. He bonded with the whole crew incredibly, especially the stunt crew and the horse riders to the bit where they, um, what's that, what's the New Zealand thing they give? What's it called? What they do at rugby uh, matches. Sorry? Like what they do at rugby matches. Oh, um, apologies. Is it the hacker? Yes. At the end of filming, there's a YouTube clip of them giving him uh, and another actor that, you know, that. And he responds traditionally by knocking heads, but he knocks heads with all of them, which is like 50 people. But the thing I love most of all is that he bonded so much with the horse he rode in the movies that he purchased her, brought her, so that she could retire and looked after her. And I thought, I thought, God, yeah, he's, he's so in tune. Like Aragorn would have been, like Stride would have been, so in tune with his horse, with animals, with nature, that he realised. And I just thought, oh, yeah, that's just perfect. And that, that whole thing is, yeah, because obviously I love animals. That whole thing just, just, just made it for me and enriched even more the, the story of Lord of the Rings, but as a, as a character. He's loyal. It's I can't put it into words. You, you have to be loyal to him because you know he's going to be loyal to you. Does that make sense? Yes. Do you know what yes. I mean? He'll, yeah. he'll always have your back. Yes. Do you know what I mean? He'll give his life to save you. All that kind of stuff. And you think that you're right. You think wow. And you can imagine him. You know, singing songs, writing poetry, making stuff. He truly was a king amongst men. Yes. I mean, I, I have him in my head as a Welshman. I'm sorry, right? My heritage is Welsh, yeah? So in my head, I think of him as a, a, a distant kind of Welsh kind of king with his love of, of the mountains and nature and wildlife and so on. And I think that, yeah, that's why I kind of boxed him early on. My kind of, that kind of entwined fancy me was that he was just some kind of age-old, you know, Welsh king with a passion and love for his people, the people around him, and for the for the countryside. Yes, but uh, his okay. So here is, uh, and this this one's always a tough question for me because there's so many characters I love. But who is your favorite character? Oh whoa! It it it, it will change. I I do have a lot of time for Aragorn. Um, I've got a lot of time for for Gimli as the kind of light relief, but the journey he goes on in terms of the journey of accepting an elf when there were sworn enemies, I think he's beautiful as well. Yes. Um, and I think, you know, um, that, 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 that line, you know, I never thought I'd find myself standing or fighting side by side with an elf in the movie Legolas goes, we'll have that fighting side by side with a friend. And I'll melt at that. I'll just like, you know, I'm gone. You know, the eyes are moist. I'm like, Oh, that is so lush, man. Because they've made that journey, they've broken down those barriers. Um, and I do have a bit of a passion for Sam as well, because his loyalty is incredible. Okay, so Sam is probably my favourite character. Yeah, and and I always I always say to my friends that you know, if if it was just Sam, it, you know, doing everything, the fellowship would still be at like ninety nine percent strength. Oh yeah, he's he is he is he is. 
the what do you call it the cornerstone he is the the glue that holds them all together his passion and love as a friend for frodo yeah his his, his inner strength is is incredible and he's a ring bearer Yes, I love. Yes, he gets, and he's one of the only ring bearers that was able to freely hand the ring back over to someone else. That shows you his caliber as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So no, because the the other one was was Tom. Didn't Tom Bombadil hold it in his hand? Yeah, Tom Bombadil held it in his hand and he played with it, and and then he just handed it over again. Yeah, you know, there there was a lot. I know why the kittens are called. There is there is a his. I know people take the Mickey out of it on social media and stuff. His his love of Sam. His passion, his strength, his, you know, I'm I'm if 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 I can't carry the ring, I'm gonna carry you. And yeah. yeah. And you look at those bits and you think, hey, right, that's cool. That is, yeah, no. So I, I totally agree with you there. I think I'm a bit lost as who I would call my absolute favorite because I'm a bit mixed up sometimes, but his passion, his strength, his love, his drive, his loyalty is second to none. And I will certainly agree that he is the glue that holds them all together. Yes. Brilliant. But there's another character that actually doesn't get an awful lot of love, and that is Smeagol. Mm. Um, now, Smeagol's story is kind of heartbreaking in a way. But it is. And you I- know, he, he was this, you know, he was he was one of the river folk, wasn't he? My birthday present. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, yeah, and, and he, you know, they, they find the ring completely by accident and the ring just corrupts everything about him. And all of a sudden, people are just looking down on him as this horrible creature. But you, you, you see how it corrupts. Cause you see you see when um, they do it really well in the movie, when, when Bilbo, you know, wants the ring back. And yeah. when um, one of the Elven Lords, I think it is, it's offered to... To, to him, to her, and it's that, well, God, no, get it away from me. I've passed the test, but no, I can't. I can't touch it. I don't touch it. And you can tell that what it does is if you've got an ounce of darkness in you, it will quadruple it and then some. And he didn't have a chance. No. Him laughing, giggling. You know, you read about that bit, you see them, and you know that, you know, and you're the, the, the ring is, is evil. So it's going to get you and turn you. And that's what it did. Yeah. And I think <clears throat> it's, it's the ring makes for a really good allegory for, for power, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, when they talk about how absolute power corrupts, absolutely. You know, the, the ring is a, a perfect example of that in literary form. Yeah, you know this this all powerful ring, and every almost everyone who who carries it just changes. I mean, I I have to say as well the the way they depicted the Dark Lord. Oh, I mean, you'd only ever seen the cover of the books, yeah. But the way they depicted the Dark Lord in the movies was spot on uh, as this roving entity, which I thought was brilliant. the The way they presented that darkness, that evil, with the riders and so on. I thought that was brilliant as well. Um, and I think that, you know, you know, you know, you've got like with, with Frodo, you've got, and with Bilbo, you've got these two entities of absolute goodness that are fighting all the time against that evilness, that power, dragging them down to its level. But I, I was, and, and, and for, and again, because I do like the movies, the actor that played um, Smeagol, 
I think he was the voice of of um, one of the riders as well. I can't remember. Um, but again, an amazing actor. Um, the way he portrayed Smeagol and then Gollum was just incredible. And you do, just like Frodo does, you do feel sorry for Gollum because he didn't stand a chance. The evilness, that powerfulness of the, the ring over those decades and decades just destroyed him. And I think Frodo's um, sympathy for Gollum slash Smeagol comes from the fact that he is carrying the ring and he can feel that himself. Mm -hmm. And I think he thinks to himself, well, I've been carrying this ring, you know, just for a short while and look what it's doing to me. He had this, this ring for years and years and years. Like what, you know, I think Frodo can really relate to, yeah. you know, I can see how this happened to you. It's interesting, isn't it? You go back to how <clears throat> Aragorn became a man that you wanted to be. The, the book for me showed friendship, passion, love, loyalty in ways that I don't think were, you know, when, when did I read it? It would have been the, oh no, early 70s? You may not have been around then, but in the early 70s, I think was when I first read it. And certainly that idea of, um, you know, that kind of loyalty and friendship wouldn't have been looked upon, you know, positively then. And, and I think the reason why I kept revisiting was because I needed to know that it did exist. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think that it, it became, it became very much a, yeah, routine, but also something, some kind of, some kind of, of, of medicated happiness, I could call it perhaps, I don't know, that would, that would, so yeah, I was immortal, I needed that shine of light every so often, and that's what the book gave me, was that yeah. those things existed, and no matter how black things were maybe around me, I could believe I was there, I could smell those pages, and just get away from what was going on at the time, and transport myself into that universe, and be so much safer there than I was sometimes in the one I was in, so to speak. Because the book's really, it's the story and everything. It's, it is so important to me as it is to you because it formed part of who I am. Which is just, you know, if you think of that for a book, that's phenomenal, really. It is. And the, the other thing I adore about Tolkien's Legendarium is just how vast it is. Wow, yeah. I mean, there are books and books and books and letters and notes and appendices. And, you know... You know, he, he literally wrote... How many languages did he write? Oh, See, that's, that's, that's the other thing I love about... Um, oh, uh, Morton. Who's the actor that played um, Aragorn? Vigo um, Mortensen. Thank you. I'm t I, I, I can't pronounce names. I'm really bad at it. I find it really hard, let alone spell them. He went and went to Oxford, didn't he? And met an Elvish scholar and said, great, educate me. And learned as much of the languages he could. And you just think, respect. Because he wanted, yeah. I mean, when he did that film in, <clears throat> in Russia, he spent four months living in an obscure area of Russia where his character's supposed to have come from, doing artwork, writing poems, doing a bit of work just to get to know the dialect properly. So then when he used it in the film, he was spot on. And I thought to do that with Elvis, again, he's just, he's just fantastic. And it does add richness to the film, in my eyes, that respect. Yeah. And, and a lot of actors gave that respect. I think that respect, it just gives you that bit more authenticity, passion beautifulness to the movie i've got to ask you adore lord of the rings the movies are great the extended version is like the best thing ever yeah what do you think of the hobbit movies i like them but <laughs> <laughs> i 
Um, they added in some extra characters. Um, you know, like, you know, they added in one just to be a love interest. I know. And I was a bit like, why did you do that? Like, you did such a good job with Lord of the Rings. Why did you deviate from that for The Hobbit? Um, the Hobbit, I can watch The Hobbit films. You know, I, I can watch them. But they, they, they don't hold a flame to The Lord of the Rings yeah. films. I- I have to be honest, I, 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 I love the characters. I mean, look, I'm a Holmes fan, right? So the fact that it had, you know, the Sherlock guys in it, I was like, oh, God, yeah, thank you. I love Holmes in any of their incarnations. Absolutely adore it. Books, films, radio plays, everything. So I was, I was like, I was in. This is brilliant. I saw the first one and I thought, yeah, okay. And was, I think, on a wave of nostalgia for the original movies. And the second one, I went, no, and I've never seen the third one. I just, okay. I just went, well, no. I've seen all three. Um, I think I watched them once or twice, which should tell you everything you need to know, really, because I've watched Lord of the Rings Extended Edition more times than I can physically count. (laughs) I was was bitterly saddened by the Hobbit movies. I was like, oh, and that's why I stopped watching. I don't want my memory of the Lord of the Rings movie versions to be tainted in any way. Did you know that Amazon are currently recording a Lord of the Rings TV yes. series? Yeah, yeah, I did. Bit anxious, a little bit anxious. I'm to. a bit anxious as well because they've got to do this well. They have got to do this well. I, I, I I'm trying to remember when it, it it's set earlier than the Lord yeah. of the Rings and the Hobbit, I believe. Yeah, so it deals um, with with, um, with um, it's the I can't say probably the a bit of the Dundayan, doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> Stuff like that, yeah. So, yeah, no, a bit anxious. I mean, look, you know, <clears throat> we'll have to do one of these as well. If there are any Star Trek fans out there, again, I was brought up on Star Trek, you know, the original series. So when Next Generation came out, I was like, I can't do this. And then I did it. Was like, oh my god, yeah. And then when the movie came out, the you know the 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 Calvin timeline, my daughter dragged me to the cinema saying, it's good, you'll like it. I, was like, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. In fact, no, we, we I didn't go to the cinema to watch it. We watched it on DVD, and she went, it's good, watch it. And I was like, oh, I was so scared it was going to be bad. And I, and, I'm, and I feel a little bit like that about the, the Amazon stuff. But I have been proved wrong before. I'll be really happy to be proved wrong again. I've got to say I'm more Team Star Wars than Team Star Trek. Well, you see, <clears throat> again, because I'm that old, I was there in the summer of 1977. I'm not going to ask for you a board. I'm just going to cry if I ask that. But I was there in the summer of 1977. I can remember the newspapers with the, the spreads, the magazines. I remember buying the book and reading it when I went to see my, see my nine. That's Welsh for grandmother in, in, in Stoke and taking the book and reading it there for the first time. Uh, I remember watching the movie. Um, it was on a Wednesday evening because it's the only night we could get in because it was packed in Wolverhampton. I remember watching it. Up until then, I think Forbidden Planets had been possibly the best sci-fi effects I'd seen, apart from, of course, the legendary, I love this one as well, 2001. I can go on for hours about 2001 as well. And I saw Star Wars and was just like, and the rest is history. So I, I strongly am so glad I'm of that generation too. But having, be honest here, you know, Mr. Lucas nicked bits from, you know, Lord of the Rings, because if you're going to nick a bit, steal a bit, steal from the best, there's nothing wrong with that. What is it? Is it, is it imitation is the best form of flattery? Is that yeah, what? imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Right, thank you. And he acknowledged that. He acknowledged that he did... Uh, oh, The Hero Without a Face, isn't it? That book. Um, I think what he took a lot of it from. The Hero's Journey, The Hero Without a Face or something. 
I can't remember it now. My apologies, but he, he freely he freely said, you know, look look at Lord look at Lord of the Rings, look at the Jedi, and you've got you know you've got elements there between the two and so on um, that you can certainly see. But he took from you know possibly the best fantasy story that's ever been written. So many, I mean, again, so many people try, you know, Game of Thrones, maybe so on and so forth, but you're never going to beat Lord of the Rings because it was there. Lord of the Rings, really, they set a bar that no one else can reach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I will be really surprised if anyone ever writes something as detailed, vast, and beautiful as Lord of the Rings in my lifetime. I can't see that happening. I can't see that happening. Yeah, I can't see it happening. You know, it's... it. I remember one of the things that really annoyed me, actually, was, you know when I was doing my A-level English literature, they'd have us reading all these books. And yes, they were fantastic works of literature. Why didn't they have us studying Lord of the Rings? You know, I would have paid so much more attention in that class. Because, and in my, you know, in my opinion, Lord of the Rings is, well, Tolkien's entire legendarium is one of the greatest works of fantasy fiction ever created i mean we're kind of saying to people out there look yeah the movies are cool oh my god the 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 books including the hobbit the others are a bit bit complex but i I do like them tom bombadil's and the book of lost tales i quite like and so on but uh silmarillion a bit hard going book of lost tales really hard going um but the, the lord of the rings trilogy and the hobbit if you can read those it will smell absolutely perfectional. There's no other way to put it. They are brilliant. And again, I say to the movies themselves, you know, Peter Jackson, so on and so forth, that is a once in a lifetime, I think, skill to bring all that together, to get it onto the screen. I think that itself was a rarity. Um, It had been tried before and um, it was a cartoon, I think, that just covered book one if memory serves, and it was animation, it was all right. But what they did with the movies, I never thought they could do. Because, they okay, they needed the special effects, but they brought together the right people, the right actors. And I love the bit that they had Bilbo, played by somebody that had played Frodo back in the 80s, yeah? And I thought that was really respectful too. And I think it was almost a... It's, 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 it's like the original trilogy of Star Wars. Sorry, I'm not really with the prequels. Uh, but um uh, we better not go there but um but that that event of those movies to me i think was just i'm so glad i saw it in the cinema i'm so glad i was there then like i was there with star wars because i don't think that's ever going to come again it was perfection just at the right time to turn those those gorgeous books into those three movies it was just wow it's it's astounding really i mean and enriched our lives incredibly. So we, we, we better we better finish on something fun. So you asked me a question, which was about character. Um, I've done the Hobbit question, which I was really nervous about asking. I must confess, because I thought, oh, because because I, I, the prequels in in Star Wars, forget it. Sorry, little bits here and there. Otherwise, not really. I am that in middle trilogy guy, and I think always will because that was my generation too. But um, in the films themselves, do you have any one scene, apart from maybe the scene with, with, with that, that, that makes you go, oh, 
that you love, you've rewound, you've watched more than once, maybe especially? Is there any one scene that just 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 grabs you that you can remember? Or is it the scene you've just said? I think it's difficult to, to choose, but there's there's a couple of scenes that come to mind. Um, there's the scene in the film where Aragorn is talking to the, the is it the son of Ham, Hamas, the, the 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 guy who died during the Warg attack, and yeah. he's got this rusty old sword, and he goes past it here, you know, and he swings it about and he goes, "This is a yes. good sword," yes. and like he's taking because this child is terrified. This child is being forced to fight yeah. against like ten thousand Urukai. Um, and he takes that child's sword, tells him it's a good sword, and you know he reassures him. I love that. The other one I love is the speech from the Battle of Pelennor Fields. Sorry, I'm, you can't see my eyes are just going up in the air like that. Oh my god, I, the hairs will go on the back of my neck. Oh, whoa, yeah, yeah, I, wah, wah, wah. It's it's fantastic. Those. Those are probably two of my favourite scenes. There's, there's that gorgeous bit as well when uh, the voice of Sauron comes out and he's just thrown the, the, the is it Mithril chainmail yeah. of Frodo's upon the floor and, and Gandalf picks it up and you see Gandalf's face and he, he, he walks around and he, he goes, what is this, you know, king with a, you know, paltry king with a broken braid or whatever. And he chops his head off. There's that bit when he turns around to Gandalf and you can see the tears in his eyes and he goes, I refuse to believe it. I cannot believe it. I refuse to believe something like that. I'm like, oh, but the bit that will get me every time, just like a bit in, in Avengers, which is a similar moment, is when he looks around when they think, oh, it's, it's gone. Look, I'm going to go now. It really gets me every time when he thinks all hope is gone and he turns around and he goes, for Frodo. Yeah? And he launches... Oh. Oh. Yeah, I, I actually that I, I I can't believe I didn't mention that scene. Yeah. That that is just like they, for all they know, they are charging into certain death. I know, but no, for Frodo, like, for Frodo, just... they do it. They take yeah. on the entire strength of Mordor for Frodo, and it's just I, even now my hairs are starting no, to stand no, no, on my, end. My, and... my eyes have gone and everything. That bit I can watch again and again and again. That bit I've watched in dark moments of my life. That bit I have watched to, to give me the strength to do things I may not have liked to do, like work-wise or something uh, in the past or so on. The, just the beauty of that to me, that the power, the strength, the loyalty of that king is like, and then they just go, yeah. Bah. And it's just like phenomenal. But um, watching our time, I think we'd better... We, we, could always, we could always do Lord of the Rings part one, part two, part 57, part 63, part 94, and part 146, because we could, I think, really easily. So let's, should we, we mind um, our awesome audience, uh, awesome audience, awesome audience about these podcasts and what we'd love them to be. So we, we're going to call them... Especially interesting. Yes. And we're going to talk about autistic people's special interests. We're going to invite autistic guests on. They're going to come and info dump on us. Yes. They're going to tell us all about their special interests. We're going to learn some stuff. We're probably going to develop some new special interests. <laughs> It'd be lush, wouldn't it? And, 
it's it's going to be amazing and i really hope that you know people can you know come and listen to each episode and come away thinking i learned about someone's passion today i mean to me you know both of us i mean we're, we're putting this out as a podcast but that bit where we mentioned for frodo i we were both so alive during that moment so touched by a range of emotions so passionate so focused it was one of those perfect moments that smelled incredible and that's what i love when i listen to people talk about their their passions from from friends i've made via academy and so on is when you just see a you just see some kind of a light i don't know it smells right it's the way i can describe it it's so gorgeous so it will be david and i um getting quite excited i think at times listening to people's passions and joys and learning and growing so this is lush this is uh, an academy podcast presentation with david and tigger yes we've been david gray hammond and tigger pritchard <laughs> with our academy and, we, and uh, we hope you can tune in to the next episode yes so stay safe be cool everybody David, I'll see you on the next one. This has been lush as ever and totally smelt right. And really, you know, I could go on about Lord of the Rings for decades with you because it's gorgeous. So goodbye and take care, everybody. Take care. Bye. Bye.